We're back. We're gonna we're gonna hope that it holds out. We got wine, or I do. And I have strongbow, hard cider, gold apple, which is what I told Cassie about last week. Oh no. I have no no. Um, two weeks. Two weeks. Ago. I don't remember our schedule. Two weeks ago. I'm having barefoot Riesling. I will also just say, Cassie just asked her fiance Corey, "Can you bring me some wine?" And he brought in the entire bottle. He knows me so well. <laughs> Ladies, get yourself a man who does that. You ask for a glass of wine, and he brings the whole bottle. <laughs> so champion. If that ain't love, then I don't know what love is. That's exactly you know? right. Hi guys, welcome anyway, back to Oddities. Welcome back to Oddities, everyone. Everybody! Everybody! I'm Cassie. I'm Anna. Mm. And uh, that's it, bye. See Take ya. care. Check out our social media. It's in our description. Yeah. Also our Patreon, please. And, our um, Patreon, please. <laughs> please! And, yeah. And you know what? Email us if you want to chat, if you have a comment, if you have a story. Oddities.talk at gmail.com. That's it right there. there How are it. you? You know, god damn, this is delicious. I don't know if I don't know if it has wheat in. Enjoy strong bow responsibly. Don't fucking tell me what to do. Oh, it is gluten-free. It says gluten-free on the label. Bing bing bing. There it is. Ooh, I gotta go get some. Oh my god, it's so good. I think they have other flavors, but gold apple is what to die for. Okay, good to know. Anyway, uh, I'm fine. I'm I'm chilling. It's getting like chilly. All of a sudden, I, feel I love like it. It's so fall. I'm it. really enjoying it. I am. I have a lady boner because it's cooling down. I can't I tell you how excited I am. You're so happy. This. This weekend, we we took the dog and we went hiking, and it was 65 degrees, and I loved it. Dude, it's been and so comfortable pants. to sleep. It's for donut. Uh... <laughs> Do you hear it? Yeah. She's like bitching at me. She's like, bitch. Bitch, please. I'm trying to have my wine. Relax. Okay. Relax. So, yeah, it's, anyway, it's been I love, so comfortable. Yes, I love the cold weather. Before I know it, I'm breaking out my sweaters. I'm breaking out my hoodies, my jeans, my leggings. I, I can't believe this bitch. For everyone who's wondering, I'm not gassy. That's Donut. And for all of you that don't know, Cassie's Corgi is named Donut. Oh, yeah. Welcome to you newcomers. <laughs> I think because I think we have a few. I don't know, though. A few newcomers? Oh, for sure. So. We're blowing up. And thanks, everybody. Yeah. We're so excited about it. Yeah. And hello if you're new and welcome back if you're uh, old. That's it. That's it. So. How are you? Um, I'm good, man. You know, we've been watching a lot of spooky, scary movies. We're almost hitting have our a... favorite month. Spooktober, baby. Well, we put up our Halloween decorations in mid-August. Sure. Of course. Sure. My living room is a cozy, spooky wasteland. I am so excited. I love how our decorations came out this year. I'm thrilled. 
we're all happy. That's great. We love that. That's it. We love that. And and I, I've almost gone through all of my fall candles, so it's time to buy more. And there you have it. And that's that, everybody. I have to so, get some Halloween decorations for my new place. Oh, my friend. Oh, I can help you. I can for sure help you. I know. You're the you're the person to go to for that. That I am. And, uh, yeah, everybody. Oh. So, shall we? Donut, you're totally ruining my jam. <laughs> All right. Sure. It's fine. You, you're adorable, and your little stumps are delicious. They're like little marshmallow clouds. You perfect little baby. All right, I'm good. Okay. <laughs> okay, so should I start this time? Yeah. All right. So with the theme of spookiness. Spook city. All right. I today will be uh, telling you about the Trans-Allegheny <laughs> Lunatic Asylum, which now that I think about it is not a very nice name. No, it's not. <laughs> At all. There were other names, though. Uh, before it, it was the Weston State Hospital. What this was, uh, <clears throat> it was a psychiatric hospital that operated from 1864 until 1994 by the government of West Virginia in the city of Weston. Uh, Weston State Hospital got its name in 1913, uh, which was used while patients were actually occupying it, and then it was changed back to its originally commissioned unused name the Trans-Allegheny Lunatic Asylum, after being reopened as what is now a tourist attraction. Oh. So Which, I would love to share this with our listeners real fast before I dive in. Oh, yeah. You can go to this place and go on an overnight tour where they basically take you to the different buildings in small groups, and then they leave you in the buildings. For a period of time to explore and if you want to like try and bring out some ghosts which i know we would like you know do that and then they come and pick you up and bring you to the next one so the, the tour runs basically from like 11 30 p.m to 5 30 in the morning and it's only a hundred bucks a person alarming indeed i was waiting for that to just subside that sounds so fun but there's no one like it's not legends of the hidden temple where there's guards hiding right no, 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 no. This is not like a, it's not like a haunted house attraction or anything. It's, they, a, it's they like a historical. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't know if they like post one of the tour guides in the building so that you're not like in case something happens or, you know, somebody gets like hurt right. or sick or anything, but yeah, no, they don't, they don't, they haven't like planted actors or. Right. That's, that's kind like of that. what I was wondering. Cause if a motherfucker no, it's, comes it's... out like that, he's getting cold cocked. Oh, absolutely. No, it's straight up just like a, it's a, it's a tour. That's sick. So everybody raise your hands and also let us know. Raise your hands see silently you. raise your hands. now. Everybody silently raise your hand right now. If you would like the two of us to go on one of these tours, we're going to road trip it if, if you would like. And we're going to record if we if they allow us. I don't see why not. We can't slip a phone in our pocket or something and record it. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Let us know what you think. Anyway, shall we climb down the rabbit hole of the history of the Trans-Allegheny Lunatic Asylum? Yes, please. But they changed okay. the name just for the reopening of it being a tourist attraction? Uh, yeah. That's dick. I know. Because, I mean, they could have stuck with Weston State Hospital and it would still be spooky, scary skeletons, you know? Spooky, scary skeletons. I'm just saying. So, 
It was constructed from 1858 to 1881. Took a long ass time. It was originally designed to hold 250 people, but it became overcrowded in the 1950s with 2,400 patients. Oh, that's way overbooked. Way beyond capacity, aren't we? It was forcibly closed in 1994 due to changes in patient treatment, and it was bought by a man named Joe Jordan in 2007 and opened for tours and other events to raise money for the restoration. The main building is claimed to be one of the largest hand-cut stone masonry buildings in the United States, and the second largest hand-cut sandstone building in the world, with the only bigger one being the Moscow Kremlin. Holy shit! I know, that's wild, right? Donut? Anyway, um, it has been designated a National Historic Landmark. That happened in uh, 1990. So, history. The hospital was authorized by the Virginia General Assembly back in the 1850s as the Trans-Allegheny Lunatic Asylum. Uh, there were consultations with Thomas Story Kirkbride, who was a superintendent of the Pennsylvania Hospital for the Insane. Um, and he is known for developing what is called the Kirkbride Plan for construction of these psychiatric facilities. Basically, it's like, it's kind of like if you pictured like a flying bat and like you got one arm this way the main body and an arm that way right. they usually separated the men and the women and you know it was like a whole big whatever this this kirkbride guy was like a big deal and then i was like i'm bored reading about you i like that you so, prefaced the the bats flying you like that <laughs> it's going as with, opposed it's going to one with the... that runs <laughs> <laughs> Well, some of them hang upside down in trees, so. Yeah, but the, the how'd they get there? They ran up the, the thing. I will say bats would be way scarier if they were just scuttling across the ground like crabs. Dude, for sure. All right. Ignoring your criticism. Construction <laughs> on the site along the West Fork River opposite downtown Weston began in 1858. And work was initially conducted by prison laborers. So that's great. Tight. Um. Construction of it was interrupted by the American Civil War in 1861. Oh, there we this go. This is just to give you a hint as to how old this fucking thing is. Following its secession from the United States, the government of Virginia demanded the return of the hospital's unused construction funds, and they wanted to use it for the state's defense. But before this could occur, the 7th Ohio Volunteer Infantry seized the money from a local bank, delivered it to Wheeling, and it was put towards the establishment of the reorganized government of Virginia. This reorganized government appropriated money to resume construction in 1862. And then following the admission of West Virginia as a U.S. state in 63, the hospital was renamed the West Virginia Hospital for the Insane. Ah. All these names are fucking terrible. Um, uh, uh, drink break. <laughs> Mama's thirsty. The first patients were admitted in... October 1864. Very spooky. spooky. Spook city. So, construction continued even though there were, like, patients there. And it was intended to be a self-sufficient unit, right? So they had a farm, a dairy area, waterworks, and its own cemetery. Um, and ultimately, it reached, drumroll, 666 acres. Oh my god. Spook city, bitch. Spook, spook city, bitch. Really? So, 20th century. Here we are. A gas well was drilled on the hospital grounds in 1902, and then the name was changed to Weston State Hospital in 1913. 
Like I said, it was originally designed to house 250 patients in solitude, but by 1880, it was up to 717, 1661 in 1938, over 1800 in 1949, and at its very, very highest peak in the 50s, it reached 2,600 patients. Whoa. That's a lot of people in not a lot of space, am I right? So, oh, a 1938 report... especially for people that were deemed insane, must have been piss poor. I'm going to get to it a little bit. Um, 1938 report by a survey committee organized by a group of North American medical organizations found that the hospital housed epileptics, alcoholics, drug addicts, and non-educable mental defectives, quote, among its population. That's terrible. I hate the way that people used to describe things. And this was, uh, well... 38. Yeah, and eugenics was, like, becoming popular. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, yikes. A series of reports by the Charleston Gazette in 1949 found poor sanitation and insufficient furniture, lighting, and heating in much of the complex, while one wing, which had been rebuilt following a 1935 fire, uh, stated by a patient, or started, (laughs) stated by a patient, started by a patient, was comparatively luxurious. It also, the hospital found itself to be home for the West Virginia Lobotomy Project in the early 1950s. So we got some lobotomies going on, too. Oh, yeah. for God's mm. sake. Excellent. That'll fix it. So this was an effort by the state of West Virginia and Walter Freeman to use lobotomy to reduce the number of patients in asylums because there was overcrowding. So they're like, let's just lobotomize them and send them on their way, shall we? Jesus Christ. By the 1980s, it had a reduced population due to changes in the treatment of mental illness, and those patients who could not be controlled were often locked in cages. In Jesus. February 1986... In the 80s. Isn't this insane? Um, In February 1986, the governor of the time, Arch Moore, announced plans to build a new psychiatric facility elsewhere in the state and then convert this hospital to a prison. Um, Ultimately, the new facility was built in Weston, and the old Weston State Hospital was closed in May of 1994. Since then, the building and its contents have mostly been vacant, aside from local events like fairs, church revivals, and tours, of course. Oh, my God. In 1995, this is my favorite, not 95, 99, all four floors of the interior of the building were damaged by several city and county police officers playing paintball. I'm sorry. What? What the hell? What the hell? What the fuck is going on? All of the floor, all four floors were damaged by (laughs) several police officers playing paintball paintball so hang on just when i thought reading things like in 86 they were caged patients then i read that and i was like this is a whole new level of what the fuck so these are grown adults whose job i mean i'm not even gonna touch on cops nowadays but who's they this is their job they're grown adults their job is to be cops and they're going through sounds like I love how he was like, oh, we're going to convert it into a prison. Honey, it was a prison. Yeah, we're already there. Yeah, you weren't you weren't taking care of anyone. You just had a prison for people. Mm-hmm. And you were calling it hospitalization. Mm-hmm. And now these mm-hmm. motherfuckers are running through it, paintballing it. Grown adults. <laughs> Grown ass man. I never. Yep, that's that. This is absurd. So, this brings us to the present. The 21st century. Here we are. 
We've made it. Jesus. Just barely. Three small... Yeah, just barely. We are just hanging on by our teeth. So three small museums devoted to military history, toys, and mental health were opened on the first floor of the main building in 2004, but were soon forced to close because of fire code violations. Why do we have a toy museum in an insane asylum? Also, that's a hell of a, a, a trio they've got there. Yeah, we've got, this is like, what is this, the ultimate trio? Military history, toys, and mental health. What? I mean, you could draw a direct line of things that right. you I mean, need I to am focus totally, on. But... I am following the dots. I am connecting the dots. This is all very, very clear to me. Sure. So, the hospital was auctioned, right? So here comes the West Virginia Department of Health and Human Resources. We're in 2007. We're putting this baby up for auction. A man by the name of Joe Jordan, who was an asbestos demolition contractor from Morgantown, was the high bidder and paid $1.5 million for it. How is an asbestos demolition contractor making that much money? I'm in the wrong fucking business. I'll go knock down asbestos-filled buildings for that amount of money. He's just walk, happily. He's walking up to regular buildings being like, there's asbestos, get them in here. <laughs> Do you see that? That speck? That's asbestos. It's about to populate your lungs and you're fucked if you don't let me knock this down. I gotta knock this down. For the whole cool price down. of $3 million. You know? I mean, Jesus. So now, okay, so Joe takes it and here we are. He began maintenance projects on the former grounds and in October of 2007, a fall fest was held at the hospital and guided historic and paranormal daytime tours were offered as well as evening ghost hunts and paranormal tours. And so now this is where we're at. Um, the main building, known as the Kirkbride, holds several rooms that serve as the museum, located on the first floor. There's paintings, poems, drawings made by patients from art therapy programs, um, a room dedicated to different medical treatments and restraints used in the past, so I'm sure that's a horrifying room to walk through, sure and artifacts like straight jackets and hydrotherapy tubs. Terrible and terrible. The tour guides dress in clothes that resembled 19th century nurse outfits. Of course. Why? And... <laughs> because here we are why might as well throw everybody in a nurse costume while we're at it because Ugh. that's just you know might as well that makes me so feel gross. <laughs> it makes me feel gross uh i'll tell you what i wouldn't wear a 19th century nurse outfit so anyway here we are uh, i need more wine shortly fyi everybody second of all the shorter historical tour offers um visitors just to see the first floor while longer historical tours allow visitors to see all four floors, apartments of the staff, the morgue, and the operating, 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 the operating room. Yes, indeed. So, <clears throat> aside from the historical tours, there are two paranormal tours, both starting as the sun sets. The shorter lasting two to three hours, the longer being overnight, which is you know what we're gonna do. Oh, with the option of having a private tour. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh, I love that. Ooh. I would be very curious to know where this money goes. I would too. Well, theoretically, it's towards like restoring it, but I don't believe that. So, Cassie, when are you getting to the juicy stuff, you ask? I answer after I have some wine. <laughs> mm. The hauntings. Ooh, Spooky. here we are. Spooky, spooky. So, there are, like, a few ghosts that hang around this place. Personally, I think there's probably more than a few, given all of the shit that was going on. Yeah. But these are, like, the commonplace sightings or whatever. So, um, you know, like, 
here we are. This one reporter is talking about how she went to go overnight. She did this overnight tour and everybody's got their camera gear and they've got digital recorders. And then like, so she was with, um, a grandma from Indiana named Julia and her skeptical (laughs) son-in-law. That sounds like a pair. That really does. So they go into smaller groups. They spend two hours on each of the four floors before rotating. And the guide tells them about some of the hospital's better known spirits, which is a little girl named Lily who was born in the asylum, a man named Jesse who died of a heart attack in a hydrotherapy tub. Yikes. Civil war soldiers and a patient who was brutally murdered by his roommates. Mm. Here we are. So they, they set up in a room that was allegedly haunted by a spirit named Jim James, which of course, that's the name, of course. Uh, They put a mag light on the floor and they asked Jim to turn it on. Um, The light belonged to the older woman that she was with, but the reporter inspected it prior to them doing this like test or whatever. And it seemed totally ordinary. So they asked him to turn it on a few seconds pass and then it turned on by itself. And then the reporter offered Jim a cigarette if he would turn it back off and it immediately shut off. Hmm. And the guide hands cigarettes out so you can try to do this because apparently some of the spirits like them. Um, The asylum is also known for having apparition sightings, unexplainable voices and sounds, and other paranormal activity that's usually recorded uh, by guests, staff. Uh, Sci-fi's ghost hunters went through here, so Zachary Bagelbites showed up and went to, you know, (laughs) the Trans-Allegheny Insane Asylum. Sure. Ghost Hunters Academy, the Travel Channels, uh, Ghost Adventures, um, Paranormal Challenge, and then, uh, yeah. If you visit them today, uh, you are free to take pictures while you're on the tour and everything else. I went on Reddit. One person posted a picture uh, from their tour, and it was in the lobotomy recovery room, and it's straight up 100% looks like a guy peeking his head around the corner. Really? And it was the first tour. Yeah, it was the first tour in months to have been given. Nobody else was around. And like, it literally, I'm not gonna lie, it 100% looks like a man looking around the corner. Like you can see his like, if I remember correctly, I didn't put the picture in my notes. But if I remember correctly, you can see like his face, like kind of the side of it. And it looked like part of his shoulder, maybe. Wow. It's fucking wild. So anyway, I'm dying to go to this place. I also heard like the little girl, like if you leave like a toy like a lot of people try it with a ball she'll like roll the ball supposedly and shit i don't know I so there's it. some some wild shit but that's uh it's, it's short i don't have a ton of notes on it but that's the trans allegheny lunatic asylum also which i think should only be referred to as weston state hospital personally but that's just me i heavy agree also mm. i googled it and i saw the pictures fuck me that's a spooky place right and i feel like for someone that probably is going there that doesn't need to go there, you know, probably everyone they assigned to that place. I would say probably the vast majority, yeah. That must have been so fucking terrifying to pull up and Oh, absolutely. Of. I can't help but wonder if um, American Horror Story um, Asylum was maybe based on this place a little bit. Yeah, I would buy that. Like, loosely. Also, um, Ryan Murphy, can you fuck off? We're refilling. Really, the only good one was Murder House. Agreed. I liked that one. But then we entered into the realm of that, like, 
weird demon wearing the latex suit and like I wasn't And into then that there was another child that was at the Antichrist and if you heard my episode the episode a while ago I complained about the omen children are not scary I don't care what anyone says mm-hmm. to me no child is scary they're 5 feet off the ground kick them punt it I mean just send that baby flying just send it We're to out the of moon here. bro like you're an adult it's a child. It's not scary. Later, Gator. I mean, the even those two those two girls in The Shining, those motherfuckers aren't scary. They're just weird. They just creep you out. You know who's scary yeah. is that fucking old woman in The Shining. That woman, I swear to God, I still have dreams about her where I'm like, Ugh! I get so scared. That woman's pretty fucked up. Remember when we watched that together <laughs> in high school? <laughs> that was in my Jesus basement, Christ. my parents' basement. Oh I know, God. and we picked up Chinese food first, and oh then we watched that God. shit. That was a time. What a night. Simpler times. So, I everybody. I'm, I'm very interested in going to... I would li- love to go to this place. I'm very interested in what it's like being there. Everybody. Everybody. If you would love for oddities to hit the road and the two of us to take a trip, honestly, Corey might end up coming too. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, I think whatever. Who interested. cares? That'd be awesome. If you'd like the two of us plus my fiance to take a trip to West Virginia and investigate, let us know. Maybe we should do it for Halloween. Oh my God. Can you even imagine? We have to wear masks. They're being very strict about that, which bravo. I know. God bless. Yeah. All right. So. Wow. I'm done. I'm just, I'm like, just (laughs) kind of absorbing because that was such a fucked up time because everyone was for some reason America loved eugenics at that time mm-hmm. and, and people were getting sent to these asylums for nothing all for doing kinds nothing. of shit all kinds of shit I mean you could look at a person wrong and they'd be like okay we're, we're gonna put you away now right. in these fucking places and do these horrible fucking things because this was a really terrible time in like psychiatric medicine yeah I mean and, uh, yeah if honestly for anyone that's listening read imbeciles the book imbeciles it's about the eugenics period and what they were doing to people and it's fucked up up. and it's our american history that we're not fucking taught of course all right petition to change you know like high school curricula to include two things (laughs) this i just heard your was it your throat it was my throat burp this and the dancing plague. The dancing plague That's is it. for a lighter day, but I honestly, yes. it, I think it's fucking shameful that as two kids that went to an American high school, we were not taught about eugenics in America. Mm-mm. That's fucked up. I didn't hit on that until college, and that's really, really disgusting. I had to learn it on my own. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, so there you go. You know, it's it's bullshit. It is. Um, all so. right. So... I'm Take it talk away. about the Isdal woman. I who is this mysterious lady? The Lord only knows. Do you like how sassy I get after a glass and a half of wine? I, I'm telling you, this is my you level up when you drink wine. I do, I'm so much more charismatic. Who is this mysterious <laughs> lady? Wait, I've uh, got another one. Uh, Oop, okay, elevator music here. I actually love the elevator music. All right. 
The Isdal Woman. Woman of Mystery. So that's a placeholder name given to an unidentified woman who was found dead at Isdal in Bergen, Norway, on the 29th of November, 1970. Here we are, the 70s. We're back. What a time. Finger we guns. love it. We love it. We got wide collars, bell bottoms. Well, I don't know what was going on over there for fashion, but yeah. Who's to say? Who's to say? So a man and his two young daughters were hiking in the foothills of a mountain in Isdalen, which was nicknamed Death Valley due to the area's mm. history of suicides in the Middle Ages and more recent hiking accidents. Good place to take our kids. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Good choice. Good so choice, So they're sir. just hiking through Death Valley. Here we are. They smelled something unusual that smelled like burning. Oh. It tastes like burning. And one of the daughters <laughs> located the charred body of a woman, which was among some broken rocks. Oh, Jesus. Obviously, they went to the police. <laughs> I would hope so. Yeah. The Bergen police launched an investigation and noted that the woman was in a supine position which mm-hmm. is lying horizontally with the face and torso upwards, and that she had Correct. clenched hands up by her torso. Which they never talk okay. about again, but I think is interesting. Because when you die, the body that... relaxes, no? Uh, so, yes and no. First, it kind of locks up, and then it will relax. Also, that could be a result of the burning. How do you mean by that? Uh, it'll kind of... Oh, if she was burned, it'll kind of sort Ah, of. I see. Okay. See, that's something I wouldn't have thought of. Okay. Right. Because, like, you know, if you set, like, a piece of paper on fire, for example, you'll notice it kind of. Right, right, right. right, right. Correct. Yeah. This is is why we even each other out. This is it. This is it. Hashtag co-host. So. Hashtag co-host. Despite no campfire being nearby, the front of her body and clothes had been severely burned and were virtually unrecognizable. Mm. Located and or placed near the body, they don't know, and affected by this fire, was an array of belongings that they assumed belonged to her. A jumper, a scarf, nylon stockings, a purse, a notepad, etc. A whole was this, list sorry, of shit. What time of year was this? Uh, November. 29th okay. of November. Okay. All identifying marks and labels on the items had been removed or rubbed off. Okay. Around the body were traces of burned paper, and beneath it was a fur hat, which was later to have found traces of petrol. <laughs> petrol. Petrol. Three days later, investigators found two suitcases belonging to the woman at the Bergen Railway Station. In the lining of one of the suitcases, police discovered 100 Deutsche Mark notes, which is roughly oh. $137 in 1970. Okay, not anything too wild. But still, it's in the lining. Oh, it's in the lining. That's right. Okay, yeah, that is kind of wild. But at least it's not like, you know, if it was like 5,000 or yeah, something or like crazy. like 5 mil. Yeah. So yeah. Among, among other things, they find clothing, shoes, wigs, makeup, eczema cream, Norwegian kroner, which is their money, British and Swiss coins, maps, a pair of glasses, non-prescription, Sunglasses with partial fingerprints that match the body, but as with the body, any possible identifying information had been removed from the items. I feel like she was like a an like a burn agent. 
I'm going to get into it. Okay. So an autopsy at the Gates Institute concluded that the woman had died from a combination of incapacitation by phenobarbitual, which is a drug used for okay. treating epilepsy, but it's a barbitual, so it's like a downer. Right. And poisoned by carbon monoxide. Soot was found in her lungs, indicating she was alive as she was burned, and her neck was bruised, possibly from a fall or by a blow. I vote a blow. Analysis of her blood and stomach showed that she had consumed 50 to 70 sleeping pills and more were found next to her body. Jesus, okay. Police were able to decode the notepad entries and determine that they indicated dates and places the woman had visited. Based on handwritten check-in forms, police determined that the Isdal woman had traveled around Norway and Paris and potentially other parts of Europe with at least eight fake passports and aliases. Aha! Okay. So, while details such as birthdays and occupations changed from one form to another, obviously, because she had aliases and fake passports and shit, can you imagine keeping track of all that shit? Yeah, right. I would never do it. At 100% fuck it up. Somebody just asked me what my age was the other day, and I was like, 27, 28, 28. <laughs> Somebody asked me my age, and I was like, uh... Honestly, I forget 28. now. <laughs> I don't, it's all downhill from here, folks. <laughs> you know what? Like, if I'm not at a milestone, whatever. I'm between 25 and nope. 30. Fuck off. And I'm at the tail end. Mm-hmm. 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 So, she consistently gave her nationality as Belgian, despite... All the other details kind of varying. The forms were also almost always filled out in German or French. Okay. It was also learned that she had previously stayed at several hotels in Bergen and was known to change rooms after checking in, which to me sounds like someone's following her. Right, correct. She often told hotel staff that she was an antiquities dealer or a traveling saleswoman. I bet. Yeah, sure. One witness said that I'm she sure. overheard the woman talking in German, while others who met her mentioned she also spoke Flemish and broken English, with other people commenting that she often wore wigs. Okay. All right. So we've got a wig-wearing, multilingual, wig antiques. <laughs> this is the third glass of wine now, everybody. 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 A wig-wearing, multilingual antiques person or saleswoman with with numerous passports several kinds of money some of which is hidden in the lining of a backpack okay so likely right composite sketches of her based on witness descriptions and analysis of the body circulate on interpol despite the significant police resources deployed the unknown woman was never identified and the case is closed authorities concluded that she committed suicide by pills but others believe it was too sketchy to be a straightforward suicide, but rather was moided. I think she probably could. Mm, it depends. Were the pills digested? How far along were we? I wonder. I actually was wondering that too, and I couldn't really. They didn't ever say. They just said that she had it in her body. Because right. Tech, I mean, they could pour them in. Right. Although, depending on. How far along she is? Yeah, that, like, I, I kind of... I have to think about this. I'll tell you one thing. She's not an antiques person, and she's not a saleswoman. No. The, those people don't need eight different passports and aliases. I mean, I'm not either of those things, but I'm going to assume that they don't. 
No, I, I'm going to go ahead and, and very safely assume that's a negative. All right. I feel like in it, I don't know, you know, I don't think Forrest Fenn had a bunch of uh, aliases. He was an antiquities forest. A modern day Goonies guy. That's right. The, the modern day, um, who is the fucking pirate in the Goonies? Oh, no. He's... It wasn't Blackbeard. No, he says that's, oh my God, I'm upset. I don't know, but remember Sloth? <laughs> I love Sloth. Sloth, good love junk. Good man, good man. Sloth was the best. So, so, do they have, like, ideas? I have a theory. Mm. Hit it. Multiple investigations Hit point it. that she was possibly a spy, given the Cold War context yes. of the time. Yes, absolutely. Norway also apparently experienced other strange disappearances in the 60s, close to military installations, which they could mm. also trace back to international espionage. There we are. The declassified Why records, Norway? I don't know. What was going on in Norway during the Cold War? Why can't I remember anything about this? Irrelevant. Donut, Donut. keep it to yourself. The declassified records of the Norwegian National Defense also revealed that many of the women's movements seem to correspond to the top secret trials of the Penguin Missile. The Penguin Missile? I don't know what that is. Again, things we don't learn about in, in class. Nothing Okay, useful. well, I would... I'm going to go ahead and agree. I think so. It, the possession of nine fake passports imply the involvement in a very professional organization. There's no way all of those passports are flying. Somebody's making you nice fucking passports. You're not making those Absolutely. in your basement. This is not something that you're doing in your basement, in your garage, and fucking college kids are coming and paying 20 bucks for so they can get in to drink early. That's right. Not that anyone that, has done that. Not that any of us know a thing about that. No. Okay, so a fisherman is reported to have recognized the unknown woman while observing military movements in Stavanger. In, 20, in, in 2004, there was a Bergen resident who was 26 in 1970 who saw her while he was hiking, but she was walking with two men and was dressed for city affairs rather than hiking. But because nothing really happened, he didn't report it. Okay. But that could have easily been the moment. Like that. Just before. Right. Yeah. But yeah. because he's like, I don't know, nothing happened. So he didn't report anything. In 2017, stable isotope analysis of her teeth, taken from her unburied jawbone, indicated mm -hmm. that the woman had been born in about 1930 in or near Nuremberg, Germany, and moved to France or the France-slash-Germany border as a child. Okay. I have a question. How the fuck do they figure that out from your jawbone? Or from your so teeth? isotope analysis can be used to analyze uh, the age of things. They use isotope analysis a lot in museum settings for like mummies or things they and things like that. Um, it's kind of similar in concept, very loosely, to like carbon dating. Mm, that's interesting. I didn't know that it could necessarily tell you Locations. regions and things, things like that. Although. They could have probably gathered from the isotope analysis um, probably like some kind of markers that might be uh, distinct to those regions would be my guess. It's so interesting what we can fucking do. 
I know, right? So this idea reinforces earlier analysis of her handwriting, which suggested that she'd been educated in France or a neighboring country. Analysis also indicated that she had been to a dentist in either East Asia, Central or Southern Europe, or South America. Okay. To me... That's interesting. That just further expounds on the spy theory. Like, why why are you in these places? Yeah, why is this woman visiting dentists in Asia if she's a saleswoman or an antiques dealer? Was she? What was she? She said she was an, an antiquities dealer. Antiquities dealer. Yeah, all right, so... So bullshit in 2018, after the BBC published a podcast entitled death and ice Valley, which interviewed eyewitnesses and forensic scientists, Colleen Fitzpatrick, holla, uh, Genesis, a geneticist, <laughs> geneticist, mm-hmm. <laughs> a geneticist mm-hmm. with the DNA doe project contacted, contacted the team to offer her help in identifying the woman through genetic genealogical isotope testing of autopsy tissues. Okay. But to this day, it remains one of the most profound Cold War mysteries in Norwegian history. Yeah. I have to believe that this woman was some she kind was of She was a spy. A spy, a government agent, an informant, something. She had to have been looped in on this some way. There was There was something going on with her. And I think that... I, I think about this all the time, but well, this is going to be a weird thing. But I just think it's the idea, because men don't find women threatening, right? No, so they should. They really should. But the idea of a, a woman being on the street and her being a spy or a a killer or whatever it is, she's not going to be threatening. Yeah. She's going to be able to get close to men, and they're not going to think twice about her they're gonna be like, oh it's a woman and they're not gonna think anything of her or if it was a man right. they'd be very suspicious and they would feel weird and threatened and do that weird thing that men do when other men get close they get they become like dogs but mm-hmm, mm-hmm, it's i mm-hmm. think the idea that she's that no one knows who she is all her shit is either burned or rubbed off of her clothing she's got stuff in the lining of her suitcase if she's a spy and she's wandering from country to country and place to place, she's saying, oh, I'm an antiquities dealer. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. I'm going to all these places. No one's going to question her because people are like, oh, you know, like people thought she was nice and whatever. People were just like, oh, whatever. Like they're not going to think yeah, twice right. because she's just a nice woman that's traveling. Yeah, this is, um, but there are way too many weird things happening. Way too many, like, distinct markers involved here for there not to be some kind of government involvement, spying, international, whatever you want to call it, bullshit. I also feel like to have multiple kinds of money, to have wigs, I think the pair of glasses non-prescription is interesting, too, because if she's wearing a wig and glasses, she's changing her entire face. This was not, like, the, the whole, like, non-prescription glasses thing was not a look in 1970. Right. That was not a thing. The only time you wore glasses is if you needed glasses. Right. She's doing I mean, it to to visibly change her appearance. Yeah, and there's, like, it, there's there are a series of, um, I forget who it's by, but on YouTube there are a series of videos where they have different experts analyze movie clips, and... I've seen some of these. <laughs> Ah, sorry. Yeah, TV clips or what have you. One of them was a former CIA 
like woman who was in charge of developing personas and identities for agents. And one of the easiest things you could do is slap on a wig and slap on glasses. Right. Hands down. One of the easiest things you can do. A lot of times they wore clothing with multiple layers. Okay, so they see her walking off in city wear, but, you know, she could have... That could have not been the plan. That could have the the plan could have been she could have taken some of that off and ditched it in a garbage can before anybody even paid attention. Also, there's an old movie with a scene. I don't remember the movie, but it has stuck with me my entire life. A woman gets into an elevator. She's wearing like, I don't know, like pants and a shirt and a jacket. She and she has a purse with her. She hits a floor yeah. button, takes off the wig, puts it in her purse, flips her jacket inside out, changes her shirt because she has a different shirt in the bag, puts sunglasses on, and now she's walking out of the elevator as a different person. And she is somebody else entirely. And I remember watching that clip as a child and being like, she's someone else. That's it. Yeah, it's like... And, and yeah, you're right. You know, all the wigs, all the money, the money hidden in the lining, the, the, the multiple passports. I mean, there are just so many things here that reek of. And, and it was the Cold War. Right. I mean, we are right at the time, like prime time for this shit, right? So I just feel like, <clears throat> without a doubt, there to me, there is no other explanation. Who she is, I don't know. I have but, no idea. But then know. that also she all of her identifying information on her clothes, everything's been removed. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That that too. The cleanup. Like this is very much like clearly people. Whoever did this, whatever the deal was, whether she committed suicide or somebody killed her, I don't really know. But somebody came back to finish the job because she wasn't going to torture herself. Right. But I also feel like the so, the stuff in her bags also had all the identifiers removed too. So I feel like she so, was like, if anybody gets my bag, they're not going to be able to tell where I am or where I came from. Yeah. Right. So it's all too, it's all too thorough. That's it. It's all too thorough. It's all too professional. It's all just, it's too neat. Yeah. It reeks of some, like a hitman job. Some kind of weird cover up hitman, something in that vein type of thing. And it's, what I think is so funny is that someone heard her speaking German and someone else was like, no, I heard her speaking Flemish. Yeah, right. And then her her dental, the dental isotopes showing, okay, well, yeah, and, and she was in Asia, and she was born in this area, and right. she this. And it's just, I don't know, it's, I mean, it all kind of corroborates it to me. Yeah, and I, I really hate to go back to this, but I think because of the fact she was a woman, I'm sure she got away with a lot more. Probably. Because people are not especially, gonna assume she's a spy, a, a spy. Especially in 1970. Yeah, no shot. Yeah, right. So I feel like... We got ourselves a spy. I'm just, I, what I think is weird is her death. That they find stomach, her, they find, I guess the analysis of her blood and stomach, she must have then absorbed some of them. The right, correct. Pills. So, yeah, those are found in her, next to her body, and then also she's burned. Like, Jesus, you got it. She's good. Yeah. We get it. She's done. You did it. Put a fork We're okay. In yeah, like she's she's roasted literally. literally. We're good. But I that to me so, just sounds like they were like we have to get rid of any kind of evidence that she ever existed. Whether that was by yeah, her this, own like, people let's just or wipe by her. whoever killed her. Yeah, right. So Yeah, I mean, I, to me it's pretty conclusive. I I think she's a spy and that's the Isdal woman. But weird, no? Yeah, absolutely. That's really 
That's really interesting. Very strange and odd indeed. Truly. So the long and the short of this yeah. is we're going so, to that lunatic wow, asylum. Wow, very cool. And women can be spies too. And there you have it, everybody. <laughs> I, although I would say you would make a better spy than me, I think. Oh gosh, I don't know. I don't know about that. But I appreciate. I think you would probably do better than I would. No, you're very thorough. I am very thorough. I think if I had to clean something up, I would do a very good job of it. But I, yeah. I do feel like you would make a better... Like, I feel like you'd make a more convincing spy. I Here's why I don't think either one of us would be good spies, is because I don't want to make people like me that I don't like. <laughs> and neither do you. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. Although there are a lot of people I don't like who think that I like them just fine. Well, yeah. I mean, I have right. those people so, too, but I've never put on airs for people, which people tell me no. I should and I don't. No, and in fact, that's like I feel 90% of a spy job, so. Yeah, I feel like it's making friends with people you don't like, and I'm not good. <laughs> All right, FBI, CIA, are you listening? Don't choose us. We're not great. <laughs> Although, but do choose, do choose me for that scholarship I'm applying for, please. And also, like, <laughs> you guys can't break codes, and Cassie might be able to, so, like, let her in. Also, knock, knock, here I come, guys. <laughs> Get ready for a promo within this first three months. That'd be so exciting. <laughs> All of a sudden, the FBI is like, you have to take down the Vatican episode. We're like, no. <laughs> no. You can't make me. <laughs> Wow. Uh, all right. Well, all of that will probably get cut out aside from that last bit. Yeah. And um, that's it. Until next time. Stay strange. <laughs> <laughs>